0: What's the most ridiculous rule in your place of work? I'm a teacher, so I have a million stupid rules I have to follow. But the worst one is that my performance evaluation is based on student improvement on the Star Literacy Test. I teach woodshop. At my old job, HR held a meeting to tell us that there was too much swearing on the sales floor. Someone raised their hand and pointed out that swearing is very common in our industry and that it is the way that our customers speak. HR later sent out a memo explaining that swearing should be limited to conversations with clients. It was amazing. Please only swear when in the presence of a customer. All customers should be greeted with a jolly, What the frick is up? Or a chipper, Who the frick crapped on you today, you B-word? Any attempts to not insult or demean our customers will be written up. Frick you and have a great day. HR somewhere I have the email printed out. I had a crazy crap folder where I kept nutty emails and that HR memo was definitely one of the best. If you are stuck in traffic on the way to work, you must email the CEO. Phone calls and texts are not permitted. Only email. I'd get that one in writing and send it to the corporate insurer. If you're supposed to email the CEO when you're late, there's probably no corporate insurer. There's probably not much of a corporation for that matter. I used to work at a place in which my boss implemented a no more than two glasses of water a day policy. What a chump. I ignored this rule and complained directly to our CEO and the matter ended later that day. What was weird though was that the majority of people actually followed the rule and some even shopped me up to HR about breaking the rules. I left not long after that because not only was my boss a member but if my colleagues were going to HR over me drinking water then I obviously couldn't trust them. What industry was this where they felt the need to limit water drinking? Sadly, they were probably trying to limit bathroom breaks. As a man who is guzzling water from dawn to dusk, admittedly, probably just because voice acting is a little tough on the throat, I would revolt if a boss tried to implement this had a workplace time our bathroom breaks and deduct them from our allotted 15-minute breaks for lunch. We had to go see the office manager to get a key to open the restroom. As soon as we left his office, he would start a timer. When you got back, he would stop the timer and tell you how much time you needed to deduct from your lunch or next break. They watched our breaks like a hawk. Also, if you made a mistake, they would stand over you and time you while you fixed it and deduct that from your lunch or breaks. You couldn't bring anything that smells for lunch, and they had no way of heating anything up. I worked out my contract and split. I would troll the heck out of that manager. Just pee in the sink. Then go ask for the bathroom key, be gone for 21 seconds, and give the key back. Do this often. Confuse the frick out of him while simultaneously interrupting his day 30 times. Worth it. Business casual dress code even when I work at home. They Skype me to check. What the frick? Why? What business are you in? Exactly my thoughts on it. I'm an intern for a small logistics company. My dad told me this one a while back. He used to work for a PR firm. The way he described the office environment, think the office, but in the 1980s. The company hired a corporate efficiency specialist to come in and improve things. She came in and implemented all kinds of rules which seemed to follow some sort of caste system. Her philosophy was, the higher your rank, the more perks you get. Her idea of perks? Number of pictures you're allowed in your cubicle. Whether you're allowed to have a potted plant or not. Coffee mugs were only allowed to senior employees. Others had to use paper cups. Being allowed to leave the office for lunch was also considered a perk. Needless to say, a coup soon followed and she was tossed out on her knee. Dress code policy is just dumb at my work. Different positions have different requirements, even though we all work in the same office. My favorite rule, though, is the one on shorts. We can wear shorts on Fridays between Memorial Day and Labor Day. However, the shorts can't have pockets on the side. It was written to discourage ratty cargo shorts, but the way in which it was written allows me to wear gym shorts. So I do once worked at a place where some mini-boss decided that since UPS trucks don't turn left, we shouldn't either. I don't know if UPS trucks turn left or not, or if that is beneficial to them or not, and frankly, I don't care. The point is that mini-boss thought they did, and that was the reasoning he gave. He was an idiot, I didn't stay there long. This was a goddamn ambulance company with a 911 contract. I will turn left if and when I freaking need to turn left. Not my current job, but I used to work for some crazy people. You had to stand in a specific area while eating so they could see you on the camera. Don't talk to customers longer than three minutes unless you're making a big sale. Even then, keep it short. Answer the phone within two rings. Keep the conversation to less than 30 seconds. You can't talk to your co-workers outside of work. You can't talk to your co-workers while at work, even if there was not a single customer in the store. I'm sure there's more. I just can't think of them right now. Old job of mine in a warehouse. Our stations were pretty far apart, so when we'd listen to music, we'd all usually have our own stuff playing. Not a problem, since you could barely hear the neighbor's music. Well, the CEO didn't like hearing multiple songs when walking through the warehouse. He made a rule that we all either had to listen to the same music or none at all. I'd put on the same song, but everyone started at 15 seconds apart. We got a new vacation policy where you could take unlimited time off. When he announced it, we looked at the big boss like he had a pee-pee growing out of his forehead. All the while, he assured us that if we wanted vacation, to take it. Really? A little bit awkward. He changed it to discretionary time off, meaning that if your boss approved, it was okay. Then changed it to 160 hours should be the max. And if you go over 200 hours, then you probably don't need to work here. I can't reconcile with how these people implement these policies and come across as a good person in their own heads. It's one thing to be desperate in rough times, but the sneakiness is what gets me. I once needed a pen. Figured this was a reasonable ask. Went to the supply closet on my floor, which was locked. Asked the floor's admin. She told me to go to the main supply room in the basement. Went to the basement and explained my situation of needing a pen. They told me all requests for supplies must be approved by my department head. Problem is, being new, I'd never met my department head. She also worked in San Francisco. I work in Milwaukee. So I needed to send an email both introducing myself and asking her if I had permission to get a pen from the supply closet. This is my favorite one so far. It's so ridiculous in every way. In my first one-on-one with my boss, she asked me how everything was going. I said fine, but explained that I wasn't able to get a pen, which made taking notes and meetings difficult. She got up, went to her desk, and grabbed me a handful of pens. If you had to take leave on Monday or Friday so that you had an extended weekend of three days instead of two, it was counted as three days' leave, counting Saturday and Sunday. Deal with that. This was in a small private company in India dealing with medical writing. If you're one minute late, it's tardy. If you take a half day, nothing goes on your record. I was told to just take a half day if you're going to be late because they straight up fire you for tardies. Also, if you clock out early, it's a tardy. If you have to go to the doctor on lunch break and it's going to take an hour and ten minutes, take the rest of the day off. Weird. Firemen. Our risk management department decided long ago that poles were too risky for us. So we use the stairs. We have poles. Anyway, now the newest rule is no free weights, as in no free weights to work out and stay fit. Go into burning high-rise, absolutely. Walk around the station carrying 40-pound dumbbells, too risky. I feel you. My fire department just got some workout equipment, rowing machine and bike, and it had been delayed due to liability concerns. But we actually have a fire pole that we use. It's all very confusing. We aren't allowed to wear jackets unless they're purchased from the resort gift shop with the hotel name logo on it. They're $50 plus dollars and we don't get reimbursed, but it's the price you pay to stay warm in the cold months. McDonald's did this to us when I worked there. They paid half, but they were still like 50 to 60 bucks for a crappy fleece. I just wore my regular jacket and nobody said a thing. Former job. There was trouble when I, officially, moved desks and my new desk had a phone with a call display. Apparently, call display phones were allowed for people at a certain pay level. Your pay level also governed the height of your cubicle walls. My manager's solution was to promote me. Another former job, we were mandated to work on an engineering-related project outside of work hours because a responsible engineer always gives back to the engineering community. I could live with that. However, your project had to be related to the company's business. We have to do all of our paperwork at least three times. There is a copy of it in our personal folders, a copy online, and a copy in our store folders. Not only does it waste time and paper, but forgetting to do one has gotten people fired. They did the other two identical pieces of paperwork, confirming that yes, they did take out the trash, and yes, they did check the store voicemail, but how dare they forget to do the third piece of identical paperwork. Our weekly visits from corporate revolve around whether or not we've done all this paperwork. It's so redundant. My workplace doesn't let you use the word problems. Instead, we have to say challenges if something is wrong, as a problem is a negative word, and challenges promotes the fact that there is room to fix said problem. But problems have solutions. I'd love to have a boss tell me my drinking has become a challenge. Former job at a law office, one of the partners sent an email to the entire staff that employees were not allowed to gossip in the building. What was everyone gossiping about, you ask? Oh, said partner was divorcing his wife and sleeping with one of the associate attorneys in the firm. But, you know, don't gossip. All the extra toilet paper in the building has to stay in a single closet where it can be overseen by the toilet paper queen. I heard her shrieking the other day when she discovered someone had hoarded one spare roll of toilet paper upstairs so the people who work upstairs wouldn't have to walk down multiple flights of stairs when the toilet paper ran out. It's the cheapest one-ply toilet paper available on the giant rolls that only fit in the special dispensers. I can't imagine anyone wanting to steal it. I hope Toilet Paper Queen is actually her title. She allegedly does other stuff. I'm not sure what exactly. Hear that, kids? If you work real hard and keep your nose clean, you too can maybe one day be your office's Toilet Paper Queen. Godspeed, listeners. Uh, we had a rule like that, so we all pooled one dollar and brought our own TP at Costco. Double ply. At first, managers were happy that they saved money on TP. Employees were mad that the company should pay for our TP, but it was a very unifying experience. Eventually, managers tried to woo us back to their side when they realized people were sharing pay information and just generally creating a united front. We had a spoon and milk queen who governed all the spoons and milk for my office. She would go around desks and hound people for spoons. People bought their spoons in so they wouldn't have to deal with her. But she didn't understand that people could bring in stuff from home and was adamant that they must belong to the company and got angry if you opposed her spoon reclamation mission. She also redesigned our kitchen. In her grand redesign, she left out a cutlery drawer. But we still have triple-height pots and pans drawer, so that's something. Although no cooker or pots and pans, so it's completely empty. Thankfully, she was let go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. I used to work for the now long-defunct books, movies, and music store Media Play. Just one of the 285 reasons that poorly-run businesses ran into the ground was the tardy or attendance policies. If you were literally 0.01 seconds late clocking in, even hours before the store opened, it was a really, really big deal. You'd not only be formally written up, but lectured like a child, oftentimes berated even. If you were tardy three times, bye-bye. However, if you no showed and then called two hours later saying you were sick, okay, thank you, feel better. This trained everyone to just take sick days instead of being half a second late to work. I can't tell you how many times you'd see a co-worker screeching into the parking lot before work after fighting traffic from a wreck or whatever, noticing it was 8.01 and then slowly driving off to go home and feign being sick. This was particularly upsetting when it was pull down stock week, when we needed every hand on deck but had unusually early shifts. My job years ago tried to implement a very strict attendance policy like that, where if you were one second late, you would get written up. Till one Saturday, a guy who worked there for like 30 years shows up to work 30 seconds late. They pull him into the office and write him up. He then gets up and tells them that he's going home. Working Saturdays was voluntary, and he basically said, I don't have to be here today, so I'm going home. He was doing them a favor by working that day, but when they wrote him up for being 30 seconds late, he basically fricked them over by just going home. That policy didn't last too much longer. For the most part, if you're a few minutes late, it's no big deal at all. If you're late all the time, they'll have a word with you or write you up. But they understand crap happens sometimes that's out of your control to cause you to be late. Yeah, screwing over company veterans is historically a bad move in business. Glad that guy had the balls to leave and the rule was cancelled. Many years ago, I was a vacuum cleaner salesman. There were songs about this particular brand of vacuum cleaner and how awesome it was. Every morning, we had to sing these songs as a group. In fairness, it was a pretty quality item. It was Kirby. Didn't mean to be subversive. I just didn't think anyone would care. When I was in the military, I saw a buddy of mine sitting outside crying. I went and consoled him best as I could. Apparently, he was just depressed and unhappy. After he was feeling a bit better, I went to go and find someone to tell them what was happening. They knew, in fact, he had been crying so much lately that they had instituted a no crying at your desk policy, which is why he was outside. If we want to take a full five days off week, we need to use two vacation days, one personal and two more vacation days. We can never use three vacation days straight. Something similar here. We can't use our sick time until we use three vacation days. So let's say I have no vacation hours, but get really sick. I can't use paid time off. Our sick time is essentially useless. We work alternating days. Three on, four off, four on, three off. If you take vacation on your short week, which is three working days, they dock you five vacation days for taking an entire week off. How is that legal? I drive valet. The company handbook says you're never allowed to back up ever. You absolutely cannot do the job without reverse. It's impossible. It's in there because of liability and our insurance policy. This way, it can always be the valet's fault if an accident ever occurs. Perhaps this will answer the most repeated question, if the rule says no reverse, yet you're expected to park a car, how can you park the car? Answer, never hit anything and always reverse despite the rules. Expect to be fired should you hit anything in reverse, but probably not. The rule only exists to cover the company's butt, but if they don't feel threatened by you working there and you're an asset, you will still not be fired. And yes, many people are questioning the legality of it, and you're right. It wouldn't hold up in courts, but it's in the handbook and it's silly, so I posted it. We can't ask others if they just want to come and grab a coffee in the break room. Just develop a subtle nod that means the same thing. How about a slap on the bum and a wink? The last commenter's suggestion for a signal is hilarious, but also feels like a great way to noticeably break a whole bunch of other, much more strictly enforced rules. Not accusing other staff members of being witches. Yeah, it happened so we had to make a rule. I run a hostel in Uganda. It's not like this anymore, but for a while they attempted to have a dress code. Guys had to wear collared shirts, but Hawaiian-style shirts were totally acceptable. You could not wear jean shorts, but jean overall shorts were okay. I got sent home one day because my shorts weren't fingertip length. We were tech support. No one ever saw us. That was the best part. Because everyone is asking, fingertip length meant standing with your arms at your sides, and your shorts had to be longer than where your fingertips ended. Think grade school rules. I worked as a call receiver. We never saw a customer. We were only on the phones with them. Rule? Your hair must be only a natural color. I dyed my hair the exact same color that someone from a different shift had. I was reprimanded. I told them that if the rule was not enforced for everyone, they couldn't single me out. Their reason for letting the other person have that color but not me. Mine was my real hair dyed to an unnatural color. Hers was a weave that could be changed very easily. Really? Then why hasn't she been asked to change her hair? Because that crap is expensive. They gave up trying to convince me they were right. I had a boss who didn't like the outrageous color I had in my hair. I'm a natural redhead. One of my sisters actually got fired for a job for something similar. She's a natural blonde, but kept her hair dyed red for years. When she decided to go back to her natural hair color to cut expenses, professional dye jobs aren't cheap, her boss flipped out and insisted that she go back to red, pointing out that the company had a rule that prohibited dyed hair. He didn't believe her when she pointed out that this was her natural hair color and fired her for insubordination and violating company policy when she flat out refused to go red again. Actually, she did offer to go red again if the company paid the styling bill. When she went in to pick up her last check a few days later, she took in a handful of pictures of her younger self to prove that blonde really was her natural color. Her boss just looked at them and said, That just means you've been violating company policy for years and that I should have fired you a long time ago. Don't bother using us as a reference. She was talking to a lawyer about a possible lawsuit, but I don't think anything ever came of it. I work in retail and we have on-call shifts. Your name will be listed on the schedule for a certain time as a call-in, so you have to call one hour before your shift to figure out if they need you to work for the day. For example, you'd be listed as on call for 2pm and wouldn't know until 1pm if you were working that evening. If you don't call in, it's considered not showing up for a shift, but there's no extra pay for the shift whether they need you or not. So for three days of the week, I don't know if I have work or not. Can't make any solid plans to do anything except call my work and ask if they need me. I can't imagine having children or elderly that need taken care of because it would be such a hassle to arrange care for them just an hour before having to work. You people reading this want me to sue this corporate demon. I'm looking into it now and will update with any relevant developments. I'm going to dig up my contract tomorrow and see if I can speak to a law person. Thanks for motivating me. I don't know if it's a standard, but I worked at a place where HR wasn't allowed to tell us if someone was fired. It was a big enough place that you might not immediately realize someone had left, and when you'd found out, you weren't supposed to ask why. So if you wanted to know if they were fired, you'd ask, Was there cake? which was to say that if the person had retired or left pleasantly after a number of years, they'd be given a party with cake. If they were fired, not so much. For example, I haven't seen Brian for some time. Brian no longer works here. Was there cake? We have a lock on the first aid kits, so if you need a band aid for a cut, you have to get the key from the safety guy, which in turn makes it a reportable accident with mountains of paperwork and investigations. We use an unbelievable amount of duct tape now. Frick that, I'd be keeping a box of band aids in a rarely used drawer or hidden away somewhere. There was an issue where there was too much socializing going on on the factory floor, particularly when people were working while sitting down. False. Skewed supervisor perception. So they made everyone stand. When that presented ergonomics problems, they brought in these weird chairs that made you sit at a slant, had no backs and no wheels, so they wouldn't cause distractions. No part of it made any sense. I feel it. At my old job as a pet bather at a pet chain, we had a stool in the salon to sit at while using the computer, and I had a personal step stool for sitting while brushing large dogs on the floor. The cashiers next door complains that they weren't able to sit, yet we were. So all stools were ordered out of the salon. I thus had to kneel, squat, or sit on the floor to brush every dog over seventy-five pounds. You try convincing a Labrador that the short table that goes up into the air is safe for a dog his size. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.